Well, hello, welcome, Dan Clarkson Podcast. You know, whitewater kayaker lives in the Himalayas, paddles whitewater kayaker expeditions and all that. Obviously, not the case anymore, is it? I haven't been in the Himalayas for quite a while now. So, I normally frequent Snowdonia, and I drink coffee throughout my podcasts. And uh, I've not got coffee today, I've got tea. Because I'm recording this up in Yorkshire, and we know that Yorkshire people drink lots of tea. So if you just bear with me while I'll take a sip. Right, Dio. What's prompted this podcast? Well, like most paddlers, and I hope adventure seekers in general, I was signposted towards Netflix and the River Runner documentary uh, about Scotland and film by Rush. I'm not going to review the documentary at all. It features quite a lot of paddlers that I looked up to in my youth, some of which have become really good friends of mine over the years. Paddlers in there that I really respect, uh, not just before the rivers with paddles, but the way they navigate life. One thing that is mentioned earlier in the documentary, and there's no spoilers on this, so I'm not going to tell you how it pans out, is the emphasis early on of if you're not good enough for the river that you're called out on it that you're called out for being weak and frail and fragile and that you're walking out without going into how it sort of carries on through the documentary and how it carries on through you know my friends lives and stuff I just wanted to examine this this sort of ideology that if you're not weak, if you're not strong rather, if you're weak and you're a weak member of the group and you're a liability to the group then you're walking out. I can understand it. I really can. For those of us that have lost friends on the river or for those of us that have seen trauma on the river medical trauma, evac trauma various other traumas The emotional urge to be aggressive when you see something that puts you in a compromising position. So if you are paddling with a weaker member of the group and they are compromising the safety of that group, then you call them out for it. You call them out for it, and I believe you call them out for your own sanity. Excuse me. It's not called out uh, because you do because you disregard their feelings and their thoughts and their emotions. You're not calling them out on that. You're calling them out. This is the way I see it, and it's okay for me to be wrong on this. But I've called people out. And got them to walk out of rivers when they're not good enough. Because you are taking away one of those stresses of the group. A weaker member of the group that puts the group in danger. Once they're out of of the equation, one of the risk factors is gone. And the team is stronger because of it. You know, it's like in a horror movie where the slow person running, you know, there's a group of teenage kids running through a haunted house and it's always a slow one at the back that gets eaten. 
but once you've got rid of the slow one at the back and the team sort of they run off a lot quicker they'll probably hide in a cellar or something where the zombies get them but for a moment and you know for, for a brief moment the risk is taken away because somebody's been sacrificed and like I say if you've witnessed fatalities or trauma on the river you want to mitigate any risk when you're paddling uh, as far as possible that's really difficult it's really really difficult it's really difficult to make the call uh, you can look at a bit of a knob for making the call it's really difficult for the bit of, to be the person that's called out as well because that knackers your group dynamic for many many years to come I imagine unless you've got a really good strong friendship but in my experience once you call somebody out on the river then you are putting sort of cracks into a friendship or cracks into a peer dynamic but should we call people out should we I'm I'm really for calling people out if you're on a river that is way above your ability if your gear is shocking if your skill level is shocking I think people should be called out I think there's a right and a wrong way to call people out there's a way where you can call people out in a subtle fashion where they can learn from it and where maybe maybe you can run the river with them in them there looking uh, down and the whole group downgrades but sometimes if you're not in that position of deep dark gorges for example if you're in the stakine and I, as somebody's palace to keep myself, and I was—I felt like the weak member of that crew. I had no choice but to buckle up and ride it out because there's not a lot I can do there, and uh, I couldn't be called out on it. Excuse me. Not to say that I was, you know, at any point told to walk out. I wasn't, and I think in that situation. It's, uh, a lot of times everyone goes through peaks and troughs of questioning their ability and, and what have you. But it's when you don't question your ability, I think, and you think you're better than you are, that you perhaps need to be called on it. I see lots of paddlers, lots of paddlers paddling above their ability. And I'm not just talking about skills, ability on rivers here. I'm talking about trip management and logistic ability. Okay. I'm talking about lemon theory, really. If you don't know lemon theory, I'm sure you can read articles on lemon theory, but Marcus Bailey, I think, spoke about lemon theory uh, and various others. Excuse me. Lemon theory being, you know, the slot machines, fruit machines. You know where you battle the fruit round and you waste a couple of quid trying to win. But if you get three lemons in a line, that you're going to lose all your money. It's like that in adventure sports. If you have three lemons or three mistakes, and you don't rectify, you know you don't nudge and rectify and stuff, then you think it's going to happen. And I see it quite a lot, especially with groups. I see it a lot with groups where. A group will get to the river 
and they've, they've driven for four or five hours to get to the river, so they're tired and they're grotty when they get on, or they're like, stiff from the car, or they've had, they've had some annoying music on that some, somebody's playing in the rest of the car and not too stressed about it, or somebody's got an issue at work or at home, and they, they bring that into the car, and they've got four or five hours ruminating on that, and they get on the river. But before they get on the river, they do a shuttle with another car that they've met. And then somebody forgets the helmet and leaves it in the car at the bottom. So the faff about getting cars up and down. Oh, it takes me ages. So already, I think they're on one lemon here. Because they're not settled and they're not centred. And then they get on the river. And they get to a drop. That they're not so, or a section of rapid, that they're not so happy about. So they get out and scout. And they choose to run it one at a time. With throw lines, bank support, all that malarkey. But it takes me ages. Ages and ages and ages. And one of the paddlers that got dressed, has not got a dry suit, they forgot the dry suit, so they're in, you know, shorts and thermals and whatever. So while they're scouting, they're getting really cold. And it's not being picked up on because they ain't got any spares. So they're really cold when they're scouting now. So they're their judgment is going to be impacted by how cold they feel. And they run that. So that's lemon number two in the group. And they get a bit further down and there's a rapid that is as hard as the one they've just scouted and safeted. But the guy that's getting cold decides he doesn't want to get out of his boat because he's freezing. He just wants to get to the bottom of the river and get warm. So he just blasts it. And we've seen this a thousand times. Blasts it to keep warm. Something happens, takes a swim, he's now even colder than he's in the drink. But we can sort of see that setup, I think. And that was quite a, you know, an obvious setup, and I'm sure we can all think of them ourselves. You know, we can think of people going to put-ins, and they get to the, go to the wrong put-in. And they're waiting for the mates to turn up, and the mates are at the right put-in. And then when they finally meet, there's an anxiousness there, there's a time constraint there. We see it in the winter a lot in Britain, where... People get on the river just as nightfall's coming, just as the clouds are getting. You know, we have dark skies, don't we? And even in daytime, in the, when it's raining, people are getting on the water at three o'clock, not leaving enough daylight forever. So they're already putting in one lemon there. Or they decide to paddle for the day, which is cool, and they build up the grade during the day. So they'll start off a, maybe on a class three river. And then they'll paddle three plus in the lunchtime, and then they'll paddle class four, four plus in the evening, in the afternoon, rather. So they're picking the hardest river to do when they're the most tired and probably cold at a time when the daylight's fading. That's one lemon, if not two lemons, because you've got tiredness and you've got nightfall coming. But people tend to think that's a way of running rivers, you know, that you build your grade during the day. But it's probably not. You probably should start off at an easier grade, drop a harder grade in the middle, and then an easy grade before you leave, so you can mitigate that uh, the, the coal factor and the daylight factor. That's probably a good way of doing it. But we're all individual, and we all run these rivers personally, and all this sort of stuff. Calling people out there. Excuse me. I've, like I say, I've been called out uh, and told to walk. I've called people out, told them to walk. 
I don't want any injuries on trips I'm involved in, really. Not massive injuries. I will call people out. Sometimes you have to be blunt, I think, when you call people. Because if you're subtle, people sometimes don't take the subtle hint. You know, people that sit in tops of eddies while everyone else is coming through, blocking the access to the eddy for the rest of the group. A subtle hint to those people will that affect the group too much if they don't move to the back of the eddy and allow people into the front. It's not, massive, it's not a massive issue, is it? But if it happens time and time and time again, it's going to be a big issue. And people are going to get hurt, maybe. So people, after a few subtle hints, people should be called on it. People not looking over the shoulders when they run rivers, not keeping in line of sight with the group, should be called on it. People running hairball, I've run hairball, you know, I've run Blue Angel style with friends. Fast, 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 down the middle, hey diddle diddle. Should you be called on it? Yeah, you should. If somebody in that group doesn't agree with the way you're running that river. Yeah, of course you should be called on it. Car should be told to slow down. But if you are in agreement, then I think that's all right. Should you be called on running the river too slow? Scouting every drop, setting lines on every drop. Yeah, I think you should. Like I mentioned, people get people get cold getting out of boats all the time. It takes a lot of energy to drag a boat up on a bank. Lots of energy to portage your boat. Sometimes, especially if the drop has got a big flat pool, or drop on rapids got a massive flat pool after they can collect pieces. Sometimes it's as quick and as painful to run that and make a mistake, or run that and not make a mistake into the pool, than it is to get out, slip on the wet rocks. Drag your boats and pull them back in again. I don't think there's a right answer. And it, I am just rattling. Uh, I think anybody that says there's a right answer is probably a Sith. Because if you watch Star Wars, you'll know that only Sith still in absolutes. And I'm not convinced that there's a right and wrong way. But I am convinced that people need to be called out. On the flip side of being called out, people should also be given the opportunity to get better and push the skills and push their abilities and push the grades if, that, if that's what they want. And People should be allowed a sort of framework to make mistakes because lots of learning, especially experimental learning, is done made by mistakes. I mean, I've learnt most of the stuff I've learned in whitewater kayaking from mistakes. You know? So people should be given a space to make mistakes, providing it doesn't, you know, inhibit the group in any way. And when I say inhibit the group, I mean that the group can't deal with the consequences of that mistake. It's all very well, a paddler running a drop that is a drop that makes the heart beat fast, the sphincter twitch, and they're not 100% convinced that they can make it. Because I've never run a drop like it before. It's okay for you to do that if you've got safety at the bottom. Because you sort of take away some of the risk factor by bagging them if they swim or chase boating them or whatever it may be. 
providing that the rescuers don't get themselves into a pickle or that you run it first and you without safety and you swim and you lose your boat and you lose your gear and it's middle of the Oxdales or middle of Dartmoor and you've got a hell of a lot back to your car. So we mitigate this, mitigate this. But like I say, we do, we do need to give people space to live and learn. We also need to space where is it acceptable to shout at people on the river? And by shout, I mean like really shout. I mean shout in such a way that you're red-faced and bawling at them. So that's a stress reaction, isn't it? And you know, we all know this behaviour is communication and all that sort of stuff. Even without the words, you know, you could shout random words and people know you were angry. Possibly. It's possibly acceptable. It's not acceptable to shout at somebody on class two for missing a ferry glide. It's probably not acceptable. Because the outcome of that missed ferry glide is not life-threatening. It might be acceptable to shout at somebody red-faced in anger when they don't follow the line of sight principle, when they do it out, when they paddle like a Jocelyn bunny around a blind bend. Probably all right to ball somebody out on that, especially in harder grade white water. But perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's better to have a subtle word. And I'm not saying there's answers here. I don't know the answers here. Ooh. Excuse me, just finished my boo. I don't know the answers. But it was just something I wanted to mention. Is it okay to have a ball somebody out? And the reason paddlers do ball people out is that it limits their their risk it takes out a, a risk in an equation I've, I've told friends to walk out of rivers I've also told friends to get in rivers and paddle and don't be soft neither of which are touchy feely hippie caring gesture stuff None of which follows a mindfulness path. They follow a gut, sort of primal monkey mind instinct. And I think as long as you understand that, you can work with it. If your default is to bar people out, then it's probably not a good thing. But if you know where it's coming from, why it's coming from, it's probably alright. And I say probably. I don't know. I'm just rattling now. Anyhow. I've finished my tea. We're 20 minutes deep. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bang some comments in, because I love comments. I love the fact that people comment on this in Messenger on Facebook or on Instagram, and I think it's ace, and I love it, and I love you all. And uh, people buy me cups of tea, cups of coffee, rather, because i got a little thing, and there's a link, and you can buy me a coffee, if you want, and I do not have to. And uh, people see me on rivers and buy me booze, and that's also cool, because I do like a lot of coffee. I really enjoy chatting to every single one of you, and I know I can be quite opinionated, because if I wasn't opinionated, I probably wouldn't have a podcast. But it's cool, and it's cool to see people getting wet again. It's really nice. It's nice to see smiles, and it's all right. It's even all right to see tears when people get scared and people get wobbly, because people learn from that. And that's all right. 
Guys, please be safe. Please smile. And sit out and drink some tea if life's getting too much for you. Catch you soon.